Welcome to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller. You deserve complete financial advice. There's no acceptable alternative if you want a plan to live well and on your terms. Complete financial advice equals complete peace of mind. Now, let's get into this week's podcast episode. Hello and welcome to Retire Right with Larry Heller from Heller Wealth Management. Today, Larry has a great guest in studio, and that is elder financial abuse expert, Jeff Haber. Now, Jeff Haber is the co-founding partner of Freiburger Haber LLP. Jeff has over 30 years of legal experience. He concentrates his practice on representing corporations, small businesses, partnerships, and individuals involved in a broad range of complex business, commercial, and civil litigation matters, as well as business transactions and corporate counseling. Mr. Haber has written several articles, which can be found on the firm's blog, about the financial abuse and exploitation of America's seniors. And without further ado, here's Larry and Jeff. Thanks, Eric. Jeff, thank you for joining us today. So why don't we get right into it? Uh, this is a very important topic that, I, that we start seeing, especially as people age. So why don't you tell everybody, what is financial exploitation of elders? First of all, thank you, Larry, for having me. My pleasure. So the financial exploitation of elders really is nothing more than the illegal or improper use of a person's assets, property, other type of funds, and like valuables. And, and why, I mean, I kind of know this answer, but why are seniors acceptable to the financial abuse and exploitation? In, in a word, they're trusting. Seniors, as uh, they get older, they become more trusting. They believe things that uh, they hear on TV or they believe these, uh, you know, outrageous advertisements that they see in the newspaper. And, and so that, that's a part of it, you know, expanding a little bit further. There's cognitive loss that unfortunately as people age, people also tend to lose their ability to really distinguish between what sounds too good to be true and what is, and also disease, Alzheimer's, dementia, and the like. The other the other explanation is wealth. Larry, I'm sure you see it as seniors are retiring. They're actually retiring with more wealth, and that makes them more of a target. A ab absolutely. So what are some of the signs of financial exploitation that you see out there? There are a number of things that you would see. For instance, you might find that uh, the elder is living beyond their means, their assets don't, uh, I should say it the other way around, they're living in, in a place where they have the assets to pay, but they don't. And so you'll see things like uh, utility bills that go unpaid. You'll see new people enter the life of the senior. It could be a quote unquote friend, a casual acquaintance, maybe a caregiver. And then also, uh, sadly, family. You know, unfortunately, there are people in the world who take advantage of their parents or grandparents, and you'll see more activity, let's say, from family members in the financial affairs of the senior. Yeah. I actually just heard a story about that. A child got their parents to sign over their house and their money, and unfortunately, he had a gambling issue, and he yeah. actually lost all of that. So why don't you give us some of the stories, some stories of what you've seen out there just for people to relate and to be aware of? Sure. So well, one, one of the 
stories that sort of got me interested in representing the victims of elder exploitation, financial exploitation and abuse, involved a, a rather wealthy woman who uh, was very, very close with her sibling. And unfortunately, the woman got sick, went on hospice. And right about the time that she started getting sick, a, a newcomer enters the picture, befriends her, takes care of her. This is sort of another sign, as I mentioned, person will come in and start uh, providing care, aid, and comfort to the elderly person. Things like going to the grocery store for them, driving them around, helping them with whatever the uh, needs are. As this relationship supposedly got close, that's when uh, the, the advantage started to take place. And uh, when the woman went into hospice, her wills were changed, which of course is another sign that, that you would be looking for, and other estate planning documents were all changed to cut out the family member. And so that's kind of a story that you see quite frequently, very similar to what, Larry, you were referring to before. Yeah, unfortunately, that's a, that's a sad story, and, and it probably goes on more than we, more than we realize. So are, are there state and federal laws that are designed to protect seniors from being financially exploited? So there's adult protective services. So every state has it. Uh, and certainly that's a resource that people can go to. There's a statute that uh, 25 states have enacted called, it's, it's basically the model act for the protection of seniors. Uh, it, I don't remember the exact name, but that's mm -hmm. basically it. And it was an act that basically is designed to prevent the disbursement of monies from uh, the accounts of seniors who are the victims of financial exploitation. It's a mandatory hold if, if in good faith and, and with due care, you know, the uh, investment advisor, the broker, and, and similar type professionals believe that the person is subject to exploitation or may be subject to exploitation. In, on the federal level, there's an act called the SAFE Act that was fairly recently enacted by Congress. Basically, what it says is if, again, professionals receive training in detecting and trying to prevent exploitation, that you know they can also delay disbursement and the like. FINRA also has enacted two, two rules mm -hmm. that are also designed to protect people who are either the victims of financial exploitation, you know, thought to be the, the victim. Yeah, well, why don't we talk a little bit about some of the additional scams that you've seen out there so people can be aware of them, you know, especially children of older individuals should be thought to be more aware of this. We talk a little bit about when should they actually get involved in starting paying the bills or being aware of what's going on. So why don't you mention some, I guess you told me the word scams out there. Yeah. <laughs> now, unfortunately, in my business where we do a lot of litigation involving fraud, there's no shortage of it. And, you know, I could tell you on the investment level, one of the you know, I would say more common scams that seniors fall victim to are Ponzi schemes. Ponzi schemes are, are great scams for people who are vulnerable, who don't have mental acuity any longer, 
because you hear these great promises of guaranteed returns, can't, can't miss, you won't lose type of representations. And uh, unfortunately, Ponzi schemes collapse on their own weight. So that's a, a very typical type of investment fraud that uh, seniors fall victim to. Another one that seniors do fall victim to is annuities and living trusts. Again, it's not to say that these are not legitimate. They are in the hands of a reputable person. They are uh, perfectly legitimate and, if appropriate, uh, the right type of investment vehicle for the elder. But annuity scams, much like investing, you get the unscrupulous insurance broker. They'll try to move the, the elder out of their if they have an annuity, their current annuity, which is probably a good one, into a less a lesser quality one. And as Larry knows, you get high fees for that. And then, of course, the broker gets high commissions. Right. Even if it's not a lesser quality one, we, we have seen this just to move one from the other just for commission purposes. And for those of you that may not be familiar with annuities, that annuities have surrender charges in right. in these. So a lot of the surrender charges and some of the older policies are done. And then the new one, the new one comes into, it comes into place. Right. And, and, and I was going to say, you know, what Larry's talking about churning, what you're talking about, Larry is also very common in investment in general, investing in general with a, an unscrupulous broker or investment advisor they will continually churn the account, meaning they'll buy and sell docs or other type of securities for no purpose other than to get a commission. And that's improper. That's a breach of fiduciary duty. Again, unfortunately, elders don't look at the, they don't look at their account statements. They don't look at their, either the monthly statements or the confirmation statements mm-hmm. and brokers, these unscrupulous brokers just get away with it. Right. Or even some brokers that are on the, on the borderline, most of them are not fiduciary, surprisingly. Uh, I know they came out with a rule well, years ago to hopefully s- slow these down, these 1035 exchanges right. that well, we've seen, because we've seen some, there are some annuities that are much better, no load annuities, lower cost annuities. So when you are trying to make those changes, it is definitely, there is more steps that both parties have to go through to hopefully minimize or eliminate some of these scams. But there there will always be these unscrupulous people out there. So you mentioned to me another scam, something to do with reverse mortgages? Yeah. So uh, reverse mortgages are really nothing more than a loan for seniors. Qualify, you have to be 62 years or older, and you have to sit through a HUD-approved counseling program before you can actually get the loan. Generally speaking, reverse mortgages are good for people who Either their net worth is mostly tied up in their home for people who have no other means of uh, funds for their retirement. Sometimes the house is in foreclosure and this is a way to get out of it. And so other times they just need extra cash. And so what happens, unlike the forward mortgage where you you and I would go to the bank, get a mortgage, and then we make the monthly payments, 
In a reverse mortgage, the bank or the lender is actually paying the borrower, in this case, the homeowner, money, which is based upon the market value, the equity of the home. And so, and again, in a legitimate situation, for the right circumstance, it's a great way for seniors to have money uh, for their retirement. Unfortunately, it's susceptible to scamming. And, and what you will find is these uh, people, these fraudsters will entice the elders to come to these presentations, whether it be through newspaper advertisements, radio advertisements and the like. They hold themselves out with these wonderful titles of expert senior you know, planner and uh, things like that. And, and then what they do is they tell them about the reverse mortgage. They barely talk about the counseling that's required, if at all. And they get people to sign up and get this, this reverse loan, this uh, mortgage, on the spot. And then usually what they do is they make themselves the beneficiaries, uh-huh. among, other, among other ways that they siphon off the money from you know, the, the elder person. So they'll, they'll either outright become a beneficiary, they actually then have their financial information and they use that to steal financial information. Again, with family, reverse, reverse mortgages are likewise, uh, again, a, a possible fraud where the family member wants the money now. And, and so, again, it's susceptible to really whatever the imagination of the fraudster is. Hmm. So you mentioned a couple of the, the protections that the banking regulators and securities and brokerage firms have put in to protect the assets of senior clients. So is there anything else that we didn't, we didn't cover on the, on that? Uh, those, uh, what, what I hit was really the highlights. Like I say, FINRA has two rules. Mm-hmm. You have the SAFE Act. A lot of states have similar statutes to the SAFE Act, like the SAFE Act was actually ba- uh, patterned on a similar statute up in Maine. So states have their own type of legislation, as I mentioned, the Model Act. States have enacted either in whole or in part through legislation or rules. Uh, so there are a number of state and federal mechanisms that really are meant to protect and report suspected or actual elder exploitation. Uh, Jeff, why don't you tell us a little bit more about Freiburg and Haber and some of the protections that you do when you see some of this financial abuse? So our firm, it's a boutique firm, primarily litigation. We represent individuals and companies, corporations, and a variety of business and commercial disputes. We also handle uh, business consultation, real estate litigation, securities litigation, which is sort of my bread and butter, as well as the commercial litigation, as well as some whistleblowing, which is pretty hot topic these days. We, we got involved with this whole issue of financial exploitation of seniors through the securities part of the practice. One of the things that investment advisors have that broker-dealers don't is fiduciary obligations to their, you know, their clients. And what, what I started seeing in cases that uh, we write about on our blog were a number of cases involving financial advisors who were, unfortunately, exploiting their clients. Can you say that again? Because 
people come to us and they they don't really understand that their investment advisor at a brokerage firm is not a fiduciary? Well, the, the it it really depends. Like, so an investment advisor who's registered with the SEC as an investment advisor, like Hello Wealth Management, right? They are fiduciaries. the 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 law considers financial advisors to be fiduciaries. Uh, you are retail broker at you know wherever Morgan Stanley, J.P. Morgan. Uh, they generally are not fiduciaries. So what does that mean? I know we're going a little off topic okay, here, sure. but what does that mean that they're not fiduciaries? What, what, what do they have to do? Right. So the fiduciary as a whole, because there are many type of fiduciary relationships, not only in the securities context, but there are many types of relationships. And generally the fiduciary has a heightened duty, if you will, to the person who they are either assisting, providing a service, and the like. If you don't have a fiduciary duty, you don't have that heightened level of care that you're required to exercise. You still have a duty of care. It doesn't get you off the hook, but it's not heightened like the fiduciary. So, sorry, I didn't mean to distract you sure. there. So, but, <laughs> so you were then talking about what you, you, know, what you do and what you see for some of these situations. Right. And so what uh, we see, uh, as I, I think I might have mentioned, we, we do write uh, a lot of articles on our blog. And what I started to see was a lot of cases uh, involving financial exploitation of seniors. And so I've written about a number of these cases, and they run the gamut from incredibly wealthy people you know the 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 grifter or you know the the wrong the alleged wrongdoer is really doing a number on either the person the estate the family to you know the average person where again you either have the family member or someone a trusted friend or who you thought was a trusted friend or let's say an accountant or a lawyer who takes advantage of the elderly and so that's how we kind of, at least how I kind of got in to being really interested in this area of the law. Mm. So, you know, what can friends and family do, family members do to protect their loved ones? The best thing to do is be vigilant. And, and I could tell you from my own experience with my parents as they got older, the, the hardest thing to do is to inject yourself into sort of monitoring their financial life or supervising it or outright taking control, right? Because the more you, as the younger person, the more you inject yourself, you're taking away their independence. And that is very hard. It's like taking the keys away from the car. It's very, very difficult. But it's very important that if you detect some of these signs of exploitation that I mentioned earlier, sudden disappearance of assets and, and in no explanation for why the assets have disappeared, a sudden termination of utilities like gas, you know, important things. It's important to be vigilant and it's important to step in. Again, as a loved one, if, if you detect someone third party is doing it, you should report it to a, adult protective services. Go to, you know, the local district attorney's office, the 
your your local, uh, I should say your local, your state level attorney general. If it's a broker, broker dealer, or a financial advisor, go to the supervisor, the manager, to report it. One of the things that I mentioned about FINRA's rules is, again, while it's not mandatory, one of the things the rules sort of encourages is getting a trusted contact person in the event of uh, financial exploitation. So, you know, to make one of the things that you could do is be that trusted contact person or talk to if there is someone who kind of fills that role. So there are a number of things that you can do to sort of protect your loved ones, your friends and family. Mm, and those are all great ideas. Finally, is there anything else that you want our audience to know before we conclude? I think just as I mentioned before, it's the financial exploitation of elders is an unfortunate part of, of our life and, and it's increasing every year. You know, studies showed that in 2009, on an annual basis, seniors were scammed out of about uh, $2.6 billion. Wow. By you know, more or less today, more recent studies put that number around $36 billion annually. And so it's not the type of fraud, if you will, or scam that's getting better. It's just getting worse. Mm. And so it really requires the vigilance that I was talking about because it really starts with the loved ones, with the trusted persons who can help the, the senior. All, all great ideas, all great suggestions, and just just getting the word out there for people to be aware of, especially with their with their parents. So uh, thank you for joining us today, Jeff. It was my pleasure. Thank you. If anyone out there would need the services of uh, Freiburger and Haber, or you think maybe some, you know somebody that has been exploited, you can find Jeff at fhnylaw.com or feel to free to call them at 631-282-8985. Guys, thank you so much. Larry, thank you for bringing Jeff on. Jeff, uh, man, what an important job that you're doing out there as someone who has uh, parents that are 80 and, and about 71. That's it, It's incredibly important. And I thank you for what you're doing because I, I want to make sure that they're protected. And I know that uh, Larry has all kinds of families uh, that he works with where people need to hear this information. So again, thank you so much for being here today. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. You bet. And thank you all for listening to the Retire Right podcast with Larry Heller. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Larry comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And again, this is an important one to share. People need to hear this message. Thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Heller Wealth Management, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time.